All right. Pastor Brad. All right. Good morning. All right. Get on the bandwagon, people. Come on. It's Mariner's time. Let's go. I know all you Seahawks fans. Let's go. Let's get on the bandwagon if you're not there already. Uh, my wife told me I had to get another Mariner shirt so that I didn't wear the same exact one every week. And I said, look, this is all I got. So this is what I'm wearing today. Don't wash it ever. <laughs> Did you guys see the guy with the, the Birkenstock, the rally shoe? They were having a, um, they were ha this has nothing to do with this, anything spiritual, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> the guy, they, there was, it was, the Mariners were down eight to one yesterday, and they started, this guy, they said, it's time to get your rally caps on, if anyone in Brown Baseball knows what that is, and this guy didn't have the cap, so he put it, took off his Birkenstock and put it on his head. And the Mariners started scoring, and they started coming back. So next thing you know, there was this big watch party at T-Mobile Park. And uh, next thing you know, everybody in there has put their shoe on their head. <laughs> and it's become the rally shoe. And when he left, the Mariners staff asked him for the shoe. He signed it, the rally shoe, and it's now in the Mariners Hall of Fame. What a day for that guy. He went home with one shoe, but he got famous. Hey, man. You go, boy. Oh, man. Well, I'm excited to be here today, and uh, just just real quick, uh, say hello to some friends of ours who are, are kind of a courageous generation, uh, church planting team, plus abundant life people all at once, brought little baby Grant, Tristan, and Lexi, welcome, good to see Grant today, and of course Mark and Trudy have a grandson they want to show off too, so... Um, Welcome. Love new life. Don't you just love life? God does life. It's so awesome. Well, I'm going to talk to you this morning out of Hebrews chapter 13. Surprise, we're reading out of Hebrews today. It's only been all year since we studied through Hebrews. We are in chapter 13, and uh, we are going to be in verse 5. And uh, we left off last week in verse 3. We're not going to be going over verse 4. That is a, a message on marriage. Not that that's not important. I preached a message on this verse a little less than a year ago. So I'm not just going to give you the same message over and over again. But you can go back on like our church app and YouTube and listen to a message on marriage as well. That's an important thing in our lives. But we're going to look here at verse 5 and 6 today. And you know, I wonder in our lives there's times where you just had it. You just had enough, like you can't take it anymore. Anyone have those days where you've, you've literally just had enough? You've had enough. That was me yesterday in the sixth inning when it was eight to one. I was like, I've had enough of this. And, um, and my wife said, just turn it off and watch the recap. And being the pathetic fan I am, I said, no, I got to sit here and just gripe about it the whole time instead. You just had enough. You ever, I remember one time I went into a store to buy like three things and the line was like 12 people deep and I stood there and I stood there and there was one cashier and there was, it might have been a grocery store in Ording at nighttime <laughs> and some of you have felt the pain and I, after about five or 10 minutes, I don't know what was happening at the register but the line had me, I just said, I've had enough. And I just walked. I didn't take the stuff with me. I left the stuff there. <laughs> and I was out of there. You just had enough. Anyone have an experience like that? You're just like, forget it. I've had enough. I, I feel like this morning I was preparing this message. I felt like 
the Lord was saying, Brad, I've had enough. I have had enough. What is it that God's had enough of? He's had enough of God's people believing that they're not enough. And I believe that the message today in, the, in Hebrews chapter 13 is going to give us some truths today that's going to set us free. Truth that sets us free. The Word of God, truth, will set you free. Do you believe that in your life? That God will set you free. So let's, let's get into the Word in Hebrews 13. We're talking about faith under fire. Faith under fire, where fire sometimes... It makes you feel as though you don't have enough resources, you don't have enough abilities, you don't have the skill set, you don't have the energy, you don't have the strength. And the early church was dealing with some of these same issues. And just as God did then, he wants to bring us truth. So Hebrews 13, chapter 5. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear what can man do to me? He tell, shows us here in Scripture two traps that will get us in some trouble. Two traps. And I, I believe that God wants to expose the plan of the enemy today and expose what these traps are so that you can look out for them. So that when you see the trap, you can say, oh, I see that's a trap and I'm not stepping in that trap today. And so we're going to look at two traps, and then we'll talk about how you walk in freedom from those things today. And the first one is the money trap. The money trap. He says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. The money trap. Now, I hope you know this. There's nothing inherently wrong with money. Are you aware of that? It's okay. You can have money. What is money essentially? Money is a tool to, that God will use to accomplish his plan for your life. Money is a tool that God will use to accomplish his plan. When we look at God, our provider, does anyone believe that God is your provider and your provision? Right? So if God is our provider, what we do is most of us, if, if this, is how, this is how life's supposed to work, at least in this country, you go to work, Right? And then they give you what? Yeah, a paycheck. Money. Right? Money. Now, the Bible would call the things that we receive financially provision. Okay? Provision. Now, if you look at the word provision, that's all that money is. It's a tool of provision. Provision is two words. Pro meaning for. Vision meaning vision. So money is simply provision. It is for the vision that God has for your life. That's, that's all it is. And that is the end of money's power right there. It is provision. It's a tool. But money can be a destructive trap if we aren't careful. So we're going to look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, 9 and 10. I have the scripture up here in your notes on the church app. Or it's also in your Bible as well. Bring your Bible to church. That's what we preach out of. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, say trap, and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and have pierced themselves with many griefs. Money can become a trap that will cause ruin and destruction, Scripture says. Now, it's not just that Scripture says it, 
But Scripture says it because it's true, and when we look at real-life events, we see that it is true. Did you know that 70% of lottery winners go broke within five years? Did you know that? Can you imagine it's that much money? They go broke. Did you know that 30% of lottery winners end up off worse financially than before they won the lottery? And lottery winners are twice as likely than the average person to file bankruptcy. Hmm. Maybe money isn't the solution to all the problems. <laughs> because there's a trap. There is a trap and there is a root of all kinds of evil. Here's what you need to know about money. If you've got in a place in your life where you said, if I just had a little more money, all my problems would go away. Here's, what, here's the truth. Money doesn't solve your problems. It just changes your problems. You still got problems. They're just different ones now. And so we, we have this issue with the money trap. And connected to the love of money is discontentment. Now, discontentment is a never enough mentality. Well, this won't do. I need more. I need newer. I need better. I need the boat because he has the boat. I need the car because she has the car. There's just never enough. I can't accumulate enough. I need more. I need more. And the money trap has these two aspects to it that we see here in Scripture, the love of money and discontentment. And here's what we need to know that the author wants us to know. And he says this real clearly in the Scripture here. It says that the love of money and discontentment will ruin your faith, will spoil your faith. It will absolutely destroy your faith if you let it take a hold on your life. See, what happens with the love of money and discontentment is that they place, it, it places trust in things rather than trust in Jesus. And it moves our eyes off of the kingdom of God and onto the kingdom of me. Anyone live in the kingdom of me before? <laughs> anyone know anyone that lives in the kingdom of me? <laughs> it's all about me. Everything centers around me. And we, this trap of money and discontentment will take our eyes off God's kingdom. And Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, he said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And when our treasure becomes the pursuit of money, it takes our heart off of the pursuit of Jesus. Now, I'm not saying don't go earn a living. I'm not saying, yeah, you know, turn down the promotion. Oh, they want to give you a raise this year. No, that's okay. I don't need money. I've got Jesus. No, you've got brain damage. Um, take the raise, man. God wants to bless you. All right? I'm not saying just avoid it, but it's a treasure issue. That when we're so after the pursuit of money, no, I got to work. I, I, can't, I can't go to church. I can't follow things of God. I need more money. I need more money. I've got to do all these things and I'll give anything. I'll compromise my values, my integrity. I'll compromise my friends, my relationships. When you, your treasure becomes on earning money, on getting more money, what happens is, is that your heart is taken off of the pursuit of Jesus. And I've got to warn you, it's a trap. It is a trap, not just a trap of debt or a trap of bankruptcy or even a trap of greed. There is a dangerous underlying spirit that accompanies the money trap. Now, for some, the money trap is a treasure issue, and that is a spiritual problem. That is a spiritual problem we need to deal with. Where is our treasure? But for others, 
the money trap is a fear issue. And that is a spiritual stronghold. See, the spiritual issue, the spiritual problem, the treasure, if we don't correct it, we can end up with a spiritual stronghold called the spirit of poverty. The spirit of poverty causes a poverty mindset that believes that you will never have enough. The spirit of poverty causes a poverty mindset that believes you will never have enough. And I'll give you some symptoms of the spirit of poverty, okay? Discontentment or dissatisfaction. The need to accumulate more. That could be overbuying. That could be hoarding. That could be freeloading. I just need more. Stinginess would be a symptom of the spirit of poverty. The inability to give or be generous. And kind of a side note, a little tangent here, one of the, one of the reasons why tithing is so important in our lives is that it breaks the spirit of poverty because it, doesn't, it'll, it says you're not in control and I'm not after you and I will be generous. Now, I, I didn't say that tithing is just going to make you rich, but it will make you blessed, whatever that looks like in your life. It will break a spiritual stronghold in your life as we learn to give. Other symptoms... Worry and anxiety over money. Now, I would say there are times where there is worry and anxiety over money when you've just lost your job and the house payments due. But this is worry and anxiety over money in all situations, regardless of how much money there actually is. That worry and anxiety remains, even in the highs. Believing you can never afford anything. Uh, Now, there are times, again, where you say to your children, Pastor Matt, no, we can't afford that right now because you did the budget and that's the truth. But there are other times when we say I can't afford that to every single thing because we believe that we're going to lose it all because we have the spirit of poverty. Happiness, joy, and, val- and or value is dependent upon your possessions. That if you have a good possession, then you have happiness. And if you have nothing, you don't. Envy and covetousness, bondage to debt, and an exaggerated importance of money, where you just talk about money. Money is just the most important thing. Here's the thing. Our scripture tells us here in, for, in Hebrews 13, 5, the Lord alone is the one who can say these words, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Money cannot and will not make that promise. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Some of you have had a situation in your life where money said, oh, I will leave you and I will forsake you, Right? That's called going to the casino, right? Just stay away. Stay away. That one, I, I'll just be honest, I don't get. When I drive down I-5 and I see that beautiful brand new building, my first thought is, people aren't making money there. <laughs> they had to get money to build that thing somehow, right? Money will leave you and it will forsake you. And if we remain in the money trap, whether it's a treasure issue or a fear issue, our faith is unlikely to withstand the fire. We'll focus too much. If we are stuck in the money trap, we will focus so much on what we don't have rather than focusing on what we do have in Jesus. And we will get stuck in these places and we will believe it's just not going to be enough. There's just not enough here. The second trap, let's look in verse 6. This is the approval trap. He says, we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear what can man do to me. Those are the words of someone who is not stuck in the approval trap. But the approval trap says, I will fear because of what people can do to me. 
I will fear because someone can harm me. And not just what they can do to me physically, but what they can do to me emotionally or mentally. What they can do to my self-confidence. What they can do to my joy or what they can do to my peace. What they can do to my obedience to the Lord. I, I, my, I, I'm so caught up in pleasing people. I'm so caught up in and being afraid of what can happen if I don't do the right things for the right people at the right time. And the Bible calls this the fear of man, which is also, by the way, another spiritual stronghold. In Proverbs 29, 25, it says, the fear of man lays a snare. That's another word for a trap. The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is faith. Here's what fear of man can look like in your life. A crippling need for approval or fear of disapproval, giving into peer pressure easily, constant need for recognition, a poor self-confidence, allowing others to determine our self-worth, or being timid when boldness is required. Those are signs of the fear of man. And I've experienced it in my own life. Many years ago, I experienced it. And I'll tell you about that here in just a moment. But the fear of man what happens with the fear of man is it prioritizes the opinions of man over the wisdom of God. And so you're walking into a situation and you've sought the Lord and, the, and you've received the wisdom of God and he's saying, this is how I want you to do this. This is how I want you to walk this out. This is what I'm calling you to. And you're so determined you're going to walk in obedience to the Lord and you're going to follow God's wisdom. But then you are confronted with someone who maybe is powerful or that you respect or that you feel like you should honor. And they tell you something and say, no, you, you can't do that. I don't believe you. You say, I'm going to go do this for the Lord. And their response is they start laughing. And they're like, you kidding me? You? There's no way you could do that. And next thing you know, the opinions of man have taken over the wisdom of God. They've now, they're now beginning to rule your life. And this will ravage the soul. And it will cause us to be carried away by the world. I've seen, and you've seen, even now in our time, even Christian churches and denominations bound by the fear of man are abandoning the truth of God's word. Because there is a fear if we don't compromise, if we don't decide to say, well, the Bible doesn't actually mean that, or even, I've heard some say, the Bible doesn't actually say that. Get some glasses. It's there, right? But I don't want to get canceled, I want there to be more people that come to our church, and so we're just gonna, we're not gonna stand for the truth. That's the fear of man in action. That we are afraid of what man can do to us. We are afraid of what will happen at the hands of man rather than trusting the hand of God upon our life. And we've seen it around us, maybe we've seen it within us. Can we, if we buy into the fear of man, what happens is we actually risk not walking in God's call on our lives. We risk in not walking in God's plan and purposes and promises and blessing on our life. The fear of man could have easily ruined the calling that God had on my life. When I was a young man, when I was in my uh, late teens, early 20s, um, I, I had a situation where I was involved in, a, in a, an outreach that we were doing, and it was a week long, and, and this week uh, in particular, of the training for this outreach. Some of you guys have been to uh, our church camp. Some of you guys have been to church camps. We used to do the outreaches and things like that. Anyone remember that? Okay. So we were doing camps similar in, to that format, and we were doing outreaches. 
And, uh, and at this point, I was in my early 20s. I was trying to get my career. I was trying to work my way up, get promoted. I was trying to just take as many shifts as I can. They say, will you come into work on your day off? And I'd say, yes. And they'd say, oh, it's overtime. And I'd say, double yes, right? Because double time. So I'll just take it. Just, I, I got no commitments. I'm not married. I don't have kids. Just, just bring it. And at the same time, they're very happy with me because I'm going into work. I'm saying yes to every shift that I'm asked to take. And, I'm, and it's looking like, you know, promotion's on the way. Well, now we, we, we break over to this week of ministry that I'm doing. And I'm one of the leaders on the leadership team. And I had told the, the pastor that was leading, I said, I, I do have to work this week. I asked for it off. I didn't get all the shifts off, but I have to work. But there is short, just a few days, like four hours. Okay, we'll work around it. So I'd gone in a few days and I went in on, on one day and we had, um, we had the next day was our main outreach day. And the manager that evening, I worked till I think 10 or 11 o'clock that night. And the manager that evening said, I need you in at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. And I said, uh, no, I requested that off. I don't care. You need to be here. And I was stuck. I was stuck. I said, I don't know what to do. And I, I was a long shift that day, and I, and I, I said, I, I, I don't know how to say no. I, I literally looked at me and said, you are going to be at work tomorrow. First, I said, can you do that? Because don't there have to be like 10 hours between shifts? No, you're going to come in. And I was like, oh, man. I don't think I can say no. Like I just, I, I was afraid. If I say no, then you know this promotion I've been wanting and this movement, I, I, I can't say no. I never say no. I just can't say no. I can't do it. And I went on my lunch break and went back to the church, and I talked to my pastor and I said, I don't know what to do. It was the main day of outreach, and I know that God called me to be here this week, and I, but I, I can't say no. And he says, What do you mean you can't say no? And I said, I just can't say no. I have to say yes. And he said, That's called the fear of man. I never heard of such a thing. <laughs> and he said, let's pray that God would break that off your life. And he prayed in that moment, and God broke that thing off my life, and I had the best day of outreach the next day, not at work. Because I went in and I said, no disrespect, I asked for this off, I'm taking it off. I will not be in. You have to come in. I don't have to come in. I will not be here tomorrow. One of the first times I can remember ever saying no in that place. Did it negatively impact me? No. Did it slow down my progress, promotion? No. Did it free me for the rest of my life? Yes. And when you're walking in the call of God on your life, I remember when God asked me to pastor this church. <laughs> and there were criticisms at the beginning. Some of you have been here for a really long time. Really long time. Like, you, you heard my first sermon, all right? I'm sorry. Okay? But you stuck it out because you follow God. But some of you have been here a long time. And, and some of you are here, Pastor Lance was here. Remember Pastor Lance, anyone? Right? Pastor Lance was like personality plus. Like, he was like six foot something. And his personality was even bigger. He was assistant coach of the football team. Everybody in the community knew him. You go to the store, everybody knew Pastor Lance. Everybody knew him. Personality. Here I am, introvert in the corner, like just I'll run sound. You know? Lance, what's your plan? I'll pull it off. I'll just do the paperwork, right? You know? <laughs> Lovey's laughing at me because she knows. We had these conversations back then. And, and just the lies of the enemy and from people of like, man, he'll never be able to play as Pastor Lance. 
No one's ever going to walk in those shoes. No one can ever do that. And it almost kept me from walking in the call of God in my life. But praise the Lord, so many years earlier, the fear of man had been broken off of my life. And I went to the Lord and began to realize, as the God began to speak to me, I didn't ask you to walk in his shoes. I asked you to walk in yours. I didn't ask you to be him. I asked him to be you. Like one of the worst things that can happen if we're stuck in the fear of man is we're like, we end up like David going out to Goliath trying to fight in Saul's armor. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work because that's not how God made us. And God gave me that picture. God gave me that picture in that time where he said very specifically, after I allowed the criticism to not affect me, after I, I said, no, I'm not going to accept this. I'm going to walk forward in God's plan for my life. And when someone said things to me like, you know, well, uh, someday you'll be able to preach like Lance or whatever. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to take that as a hit or cause me to shrink back or, or force me to not walk in what God has for me because I have to believe in God's word that I will not fear. What can man do to me? This is God's call. It's not mine. It's God's call on my life. And I began to take steps forward and begin to just pursue the call of God on my life. And I don't know in this moment, I don't know, but I, I wonder sometimes if that event hadn't happened at a, at a retail store 15 years earlier, if I would have been able to withstand the pressure that I was feeling because of the opinions of others. And yet the opinions of others at that moment mattered so much less than the opinion of the one who had called me. And that is what it looks like to see the fear of man broken off of our lives. See, the fear of man keeps us from surrendering to the Lord because our hearts are actually surrendered to man's approval. When our hearts are surrendered to man's approval, it keeps us from surrendering to the Lord. And some of you, I believe today, are paralyzed by the fear of man. The opinions of others have kept you stuck. They've held you back. They've caused you to shrink back from what God is calling you to do. And God wants to break that off your life. These two traps will keep you from walking in faith under fire. These two traps, the money trap keeps you believing you will never have enough. And the approval trap keeps you believing you will never be enough. And if we continue to live our lives in that way, we're not going to see the fullness of God. We're not going to see faith under fire. And I believe as I was praying and preparing this word and thinking about that statement, even right there, that the money trap keeps you believing you'll never have enough and the approval trap keeps you believing you will never be enough. And I'm just hearing the voice of the Lord saying, enough! Break these things off of your life. I believe God is saying enough. Enough of the lies. Enough of being chained by money. Enough of feeling less than, worthless, or significant. Scripture tells us, Philippians 4.19, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. In Psalm 27.1, it says, the Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Church, you are enough. You have enough. In Christ Jesus, there is enough. And going back to Hebrews 13, 6, we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. 
Will you just say, the Lord is my helper? Can you just say it like you, like you need him to be your helper? The Lord is my helper. Will you say it with conviction on the count of three? One, two, three. The Lord is my helper. You see, money isn't my helper. The approval of others isn't my helper. Fear is definitely not my helper. The Lord is my helper. Now, what is this helper? What is this helper that we get in the Lord? Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Here's what you got to know about the Lord. When it says in Scripture here that the Lord is my helper, he's not talking about someone that brings you coffee or helps with the dishes, although that would be nice. You're just like, in the name of Jesus, boop, you know, know, that'd be great. (laughs) That's not the kind of helper he is. Like convenient, but really not that worthwhile. The Greek word for helper here is uh, boethos, and it means a helper that gives aid or relief in a time of distress. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper who gives me aid and relief in my time of distress. So if you've stepped in a trap, you have a helper in the time of your distress. He will break you free from the trap. He will break you tree, free. Breaking free from traps is where enough really begins. If you're stuck in the money trap, you've got to get your treasure right. I believe enough begins when our heart is set on the right treasure. When our heart gets aligned to the right treasure, and it's on the Lord, the trap loses its power. When we have our heart set on the things of God, and then we align our spending, our giving, our mindset with His ways, we start to believe that no matter what, there will be enough. I mean, anyone been through any financial times that are hard? Anyone ever been through an era where there's a lot of inflation all at once? (laughs) Like there's been hard times in my life, ups and downs, and I've struggled with all these same traps. But at the end of the day, I always come back to this place where I say no matter what, in the Lord there's going to be enough. I'm going to be enough. Because that's the truth. The truth. That is the truth. If you're stuck in the approval trap, you've got to get your value right. You don't place your value in the hands of man. You place it in the hands of the one who created you. That's where your value comes from. He's the one who declares in Isaiah 43, Fear not, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And I believe we need to settle the enough issue in our hearts to align our hearts and minds with the one who is more than enough. I believe God wants to set you free today. Some of you have been walking through this life and you found yourself and you, you, you look down this morning, you haven't noticed it before, but you're hearing this word and you look down and you went, oh man, my foot's caught in one of those traps. And I want out. I want out. I want out of this money trap. I want out of this, this spirit of poverty. I want out of this fear of man. I want out of this approval trap. And I want to live my life with joy. I want to live my life with peace, with vision. And I want to move forward without all these things coming and trapping me along the way. I want to see these things broken off of my life. Are you allowing yourself to be held back by that? 
God wants to show you the power of enough today, I believe. Would you stand with me this morning as we close? I want to pray over you. We close your eyes in this moment. I want to pray. I want to pray over these things real specifically. Lord, would you come right now and just show your truth to each person here? Show us, Lord God, where we've fallen into the trap. If you believe this morning, okay, I've fallen into the money trap, that spirit of poverty, that love of money, that discontentment, it's, it's had me stuck. Would you just raise your hand? Would you just acknowledge? Raise your hands up to the Lord because he's the one who is enough. Would you just raise your hands up to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you, if you, you hear the, the fear of man and you say, oh, oh man, <laughs> am I ever dealing with that? It's got a grip on me. Would you just raise your hands up to the Lord? Lord God, you see our hearts. You see us, God. You see your people. God, break the trap in the name of Jesus. Pray right now in Jesus' name, Lord God, that you would break a spirit of poverty over anyone who stepped foot in this church today. Anyone who's watching this online that's sitting at home with their hands raised. Lord, break that spirit right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we will not be a people who continue to believe that we will never make it, that there will never be enough, that we have, to, we have to surrender to money, that we have to surrender to those things, Lord God. We surrender to you and you alone. Lord, we fix our treasure on you right now. We put our hearts and our minds and our eyes on you, Jesus, and we say you are more than enough. You are more than enough. You are more than enough, Jesus. You are more than enough. Lord, we pray right now for anyone who's stuck right now in this approval trap, the fear of man, that you would break that right now off of their lives. Lord, we pray right now, Lord God, the fear, the intrepidation, the fear of failure, the fear of not being enough. Lord, we pray that you would break that right now in Jesus' name and that you would pour in your worth, that you would pour in with your power, Lord God, in your strength, Lord God a sound mind. You have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would pour that sound mind into your sons and into your daughters today, that they would see themselves the way that you see them, Lord God. Oh God. Oh God, we come before you. Thank you, God. Oh man, church, just I've, I've been thinking about Gideon this week. I know some of you ladies are studying Gideon. I was talking to Bethany this week about this. Gideon was afraid. He was stuck with the fear of man. He was stuck with a spirit of poverty. God, there's not enough, there's not enough, there's not enough, there won't be enough, I'm not enough. And God sent him into battle with 32,000 men. But God said, there's too many here. I don't know if you can imagine what it would be like to be afraid and saying, good, we got 32,000 soldiers. Maybe we have a chance this time. We've lost every other time, but maybe we'll win this time. And God says, hold on, before you go into battle, there's some people that need to go home. Anyone who's afraid, leave. 22,000 left out of 32,000. What was the Lord doing? What was he saying? Gideon, this time when you go into battle, fear doesn't get to go with you. This time when you go and you move forward with your life, fear's not coming this time. Because all the other times you've gone into battle, fear was coming with you. 
but I'm going to send fear home because I don't want fear in this battle. And I believe the Lord would speak that to some of you in the battles you're facing right now in your life and the things that you see coming and the things that you're dealing with, the Lord would say, would you just trust me because I don't want fear going into this battle this time. We're going we're gonna to kick fear out and it isn't going to come and fight with you this time. Lord, we lay down that. We surrender our soldiers. <laughs> we surrender our resources, God. We think we need numbers. We think we need more. But God, with you, sometimes less is more than enough. So Lord, we thank you and we praise you, Lord God. I pray for your church that we would begin to believe that we are enough in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Pastor Mike's going to lead us and close us this morning in this song. And I, I believe that God, even as I prayed over you to have these things broken in your life, there's some of you that you just believe God was starting to work in you. And I want to invite you forward this morning. If you've dealt with these things, if you're in these situations and you're saying, I've seen the spirit of poverty over our life, maybe it's just you, maybe it's a, a husband and wife and you're seeing it wreak havoc in your home, you come forward and let's, let's pray with you today and let's see you set free. Amen? If you are dealing with the fear of man approval, would you come forward and pray with someone and be set free today? Do you believe that there is freedom in the name of Jesus? Amen. I, I don't want anyone to leave this place today with the same weight that they came in with. That this is, this is a day in which we say, I see the trap and I'm leaving the trap. I'm not walking it anymore. You're not walking it anymore. You're not walking around in your life like you've got a, a trap. You're footing a trap, but you're walking full stride along with Jesus. So would you just come forward, Mike, will you lead us as Mike plays? I want to invite you to come forward and receive prayer today. Let's see God really set you free from these things in your life. Go ahead, Pastor Mike.